Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I think my ears, my ear hole has gotten bigger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, this, this little adapter Every smaller. chance, every chance. So that's like global warming. <laughs> Came trails, mate. <laughs> Back in the studio for the 20 Minute Times flagship podcast to Celtic overcome the cost Plastic pitch at Livingston to register a 3-0 win. I'm joined by Martin Melly. Yes. And Stephen. Good to be back. Good to is. be back after the international break and all that sort of stuff. The holiday weekend, international yep, break. Right. And Celtic return to what was a cussed arena for us for the longest time. Uh, it's not. It's a Tony Macaroni, isn't it? It's still the Tony Macaroni. I refuse to say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the most ridiculously named stadium and actually the most ridiculous pitch in Unless the league. they pay of course. Unless, unless, unless they, they get want to sponsor yeah, it. Yeah. You, you're in the pocket a big pasta, right? <laughs> 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 uh, I suppose we need to get it out of the way the pitch most people will say it's a disgrace but fair play uh, Livingston they did have it hoovered in iron for us, <laughs> yeah. I know they couldn't do anything about it because it rained before yep. it didn't it rained the day before it so they they couldn't uh, do that thing where they 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 let the grass dry as the the other opposition teams in this country do right. the let thing them. is it's a bit old hat to slag the Livingston pitch right because everyone moans about these plastic pitches but it is we're going to do looking. it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just watch it and you think, is this our top league? And you made a good point. In fact, I want to let you make the point. Pre, pre-recording here, you says that it affects Livingston as well. I, I, my, my thing with these, these pitches has always been that it, I, I don't really necessarily believe that it's possible to have an advantage on it because I, from watching many, many games, unfortunately watching many, many games over many years on these pitches, I don't feel like any team really looks any better or worse than the opposition on it. So I know that Livingston practice more, have more experience playing on the pitch than Celtic do, but they don't look particularly sure either because, mm. I mean, they're all professional footballers at the end of the day. They've all come up playing on grass, presumably. And there was a moment in the game where I think it was Sangari. Now, Joe Hart had pulled off a really cracking save from their sort of left, inside left channel. He got down and, and saved it, but they had something very similar. Sangari had a chance and he could have hit it two or three times, but he looked very unsure of where the ball was going to bounce. So I, I don't think it is as much of a, 
I suppose it is a leveller, but I don't think it's as much of an advantage to mm. the home team as is made out because nobody looks particularly The confident. nature of it is it's unpredictable. Yeah, and you can't yeah. you can't predict the bounce on the pitch. Uh, speaking of unpredictability, I thought it was a, a brilliant move from James Forrest to distract everyone from the fact that James Forrest was playing <laughs> by not wearing football boots. He opted for the Henrik Larsson style Astro Tough trainer. Ah, it's rare to see, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's, a, I mean, it's and, a disgrace. And yeah, it's a disgrace in your top league you've got a guy wearing Astro boots. Uh, it's just, it's the look, isn't it? It's mm. the look. It's even just when the camera pans in. If the sun's out, it looks terrible. If it's a bit dark, it looks terrible. It's just a horrible, horrible aesthetic to be yeah. promoting our top game, wasn't it? That's the opening game of the weekend. And look, Celtic are going up there. We've already lost to Kilmarnock this season. We thought we'd sort of got over it with Ange, but then you've got Brendan Rodgers going back for the first time and Cantor in the end. I mean, it was a potential banana skin. Oh, of course. So these games always are. And Celtic off the back of the European game and all that and still not quite get a settled squad. And then when the lineup comes out, and you're like, James Forrest made it in there. <laughs> It's one of those. It's one of those games. One of those fixtures you kind of dread, isn't it? It's because not necessarily because they're a particularly great team, but it's because they've caused problems there before. Now a number of managers have kind of come a cropper there. We've not particularly, well, we've not traditionally got very good results there. But going in, you always feel that you're in for a not particularly good game of football, and that's to one extent or another generally pretty true I don't. I think Brendan Rodgers has been vocal about that in the past about how he'd, he'd never really seen a good game of football played on a plastic pitch and he made some he made some sort of pointed remarks afterwards about how Joe Hart looked as if he'd been caught out for it when he's, he's sending off on a normal he described on a normal surface so that, that doesn't get away from him Joe Hart probably claims it so it's it was one of those ones where I went in thinking could be one of those sticky afternoons, just based on the the very recent past having played there. But Celtic did it went about it pretty well. I thought. I think mm. given the circumstances, given that we're still quite short on certain positions that we can call upon, I thought it was actually a pretty good performance given the given the the circumstances. Well, it's, it's, things were kind of piling up against us, weren't they, Melly? It was the the pitch. It was Livingston. It was always going to be like a tricky tie. We had the European away game, and then. Joe Hart goes and gets himself sent off. <laughs> yeah, look, it's easy, be easy to go out there and crumble in that, wasn't it? Easy pitch, 10 men, oh, it just wasn't their day. This team are starting to show they're made of stern stuff, aren't they? They can they can go in there and battle, they can suffer, we've seen that in the Rangers game, but they can go out and defend, kind of. We're not conceding a lot of goals. The fine odd game, all right, but uh, domestically we're not conceding a lot of goals and this team just looks as if they're strong, like, you get the but, feeling things are starting to... I know Neil yeah, Lennon yeah. said it, but things are starting to click a wee bit for Brendan, aren't they? You get the feeling yeah. that it, things are falling into place. And I still do have a degree of sympathy for him, not having his head starting to live in, as he would call it. But even in that game, the wee tactical switches he made after the um, the sending off first player hooked to James Forrest, incidentally. But, you know, that that's a real bit of tactical genius in itself. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, James Forrest isn't the kind of guy you want in that situation. And... It's not really his fault uh, either, anyway because when you go down to that, Roger's done it before at Ibrox. He went 4 3 2, left two strikers up there running at the channels and pressing the life out of Livingston. And it's no James Forrest game, is it? So I think Brendan Rogers got it spot on. You can, with this team now, we're not conceding goals, we're not playing brilliantly, and you're just thinking there's more to come from this. And that, that's quite a good situation to be in at this point because you feel once we get players settled in, once we get players back, we're going to be better. And Brendan Rogers spoke about it in the summer how we needed a bit more power. The team are stronger, I feel, this season. Not, not the players on the pitch, but they just have this 
bit of grit about them that's good. And then when the football comes as well, like we still try to play football on Saturday, hell of a hard on that pitch, but came out of the game. I was like, that, that was a really good victory. I'm not even sure they probably would have, but again, comparison, would Angie's team went out and done that? I'm not so sure, sure, probably. Mel- but- did Melly say? He did, didn't he? Did, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the, the listeners are not exactly, not exactly what I'm, well, I'm on about. Well, hold on a minute here, though. Peak Brendan Rodgers goes down to 10-minute Ibrox, puts on an attacking player and gets the job done. This time around, goes down to 10-minute Almondville, puts on a keeper. Cop out. <laughs> pathetic. <laughs> absolutely absolute pathetic. cop out. That's a defensive move. <laughs> to putting on a keeper in, in, in place of a winger, absolutely pathetic stuff. We've regressed, clearly, <laughs> but, at this club. <laughs> and when they've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I know uh, Brendan Rodgers kindly sort of blamed the pitch a wee bit for Joe Hart, but Joe's had a bit of a week, has he not? A very, a very interesting week for Joe Hart, which we'll come on to, of course. But uh, I mean, as, as clear a red card as you'll you ever see. I mean, I, I, I noted with with um, with humour there some of the takes afterwards about how I mean, I think broadly speaking, everyone was just like, of course it's a yes. red card, but you do get the odd. The old ultras in there, the, the old Uber fans who, who are like, oh no, I think it's really harsh because if anything, Sangari went in with his studs, so it's a full on Joe, <laughs> Joe Hart's family. <laughs> <on> to back, <laughs> like, trying to back him up. <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's weird how goalkeepers exist in their, their own sort of bubble. They can do basically whatever they want, and people kind of defend. If a defender does that, just runs out and clatters through a guy at like shoulder height, it's a it's a straight red. So he Gordon them. Yeah, well, it was a hundred. It was uh, it was interesting that it was almost what was it seven years kind of to the day that. Craig Gordon had oh, really? he did that against Alawa. I remember that game pretty well because it, it, it fell on my birthday and I went to see how, was that how Jack Ross must have been in the church of Alawa. Right? So what better way to spend it than to go up to Celtic Park and see Craig Gordon kung fu kick <laughs> a part time footballer <laughs> clean off the pitch. So, so yeah, uh, conjuring the spirit of Craig Gordon was Joe Hart there. But the, the thing is, it's I think Joe Hart's had a good season so far. It's just a, a, a bad a, week. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a bad week, but. He, he again showed his worth by having that save that I referenced earlier. A really smart save down his left, and that was it. Nothing each. Well. Uh, yeah, I'd save the penalty. It was a crap penalty against against Feyenoord, right enough. But a really smart save at nothing each that could have could have had everyone thinking, "Oh no, here's the here's the Livingston curse again." But Joe Hart kind of turned up when it mattered, but then also just completely let us down after half an hour. It's just it's one of those mad moments, and I think I can I, I can sort of agree with Brendan Rodgers that maybe that doesn't happen. On a grass pitch, but I think I think we're kind of reaching there. He needs to have a wee bit more spatial awareness. I think yeah. he, he needs to sort of avoid getting into those situations at all times. But Joe Hart does like. I've noticed recently, more often recently, actually, Joe Hart's coming for the ball a lot more. Mm. Yeah, he was, he was stuck to his line from uh, crosses a lot of the time. But when he's out, he tries to get out. But I, I just don't think he's got the speed in his body anymore. No, he's moving like Joe it. Biden. <laughs> <laughs> so moving you, like Owen Hart. <laughs> Too soon. So I think when he, when he's coming out, you've got that split second. Yep, please don't please. Oh, he's done it. He's done it. And uh, as soon as that comes out, you sort of see John Beaton with the red card and uh, you can hear It's about the only thing John Beaton got right all yeah. afternoon, ironically. Couldn't he wait to get the card out? Because he nearly took the guy's head off, but when it uh, I was a clear uh, sending off and just before that, you, you thought, look, 1-0 up here. Celtic are popping the ball about as well as they can on this pitch. This might be all right today. Joe had other plans, but Celtic were fine after that. I've sort of noticed the changes between Celtic under Brendan Rodgers and Celtic between Ange and Melly. You were talking about the sort of difference between... But I just feel that Celtic are 
how do you? I want to use this, but I'm, I'm maybe miscontextualising it. But Celtic just seem a lot more professional under Brendan. What I mean by that is a wee bit more adaptable, a wee bit in control. It's not the keep going, keep going, keep going. It eventually happen. It's work it out. Try and find a different way to play. Okay, we can change things. We've already seen Greg Taylor in the last couple of weeks. His his position slightly change. Brendan Rodgers kind of altering things, and he's altering things in game as well. Testing the electric fences for weaknesses. Exactly, <laughs> yes. like, the, like the Raptors. Yeah, Jurassic. Did you yes. see Jurassic Park? Did I did. I went to see it the other day. So, but plenty of Jurassic Park references to come in this podcast, probably. But yeah, I, I get that. I, I think we have all been waiting for. For this Brendan Rodgers, yeah, for Brendan Rodgers' team to sort of announce itself, to to identify itself, what it's going to look like going forward, because we were a wee bit maybe through overhyped expectations coming into this season, all the talk about the budget and all that sort mm. of stuff, and what we were going to do in the transfer market. I think we were all a wee bit deflated, a wee bit disappointed with what was served up in the first four games of the season, yeah. so or so going out of the cup. But I think we're really starting to see. It's really just a case of being patient, I think, and it's easy to get carried away because we do we we say things like, "Oh, but this team's in a perfect position already. All we need to do is just keep on going." But that's not what appointing a new manager. That's not how it works at all. You, you'd, be, you'd be as well putting John Kennedy in charge if it was just a case of, "Right, well, just keep going. Don't, yeah. don't bother changing anything. Keep going." So it was always going to be. With the benefit of hindsight now, I think, as I say, we're all a wee bit deflated when you go out the cup and draw nothing each St Johnson. But I think we're starting to see the the reasons that Brendan Rodgers was brought back to this this club in the in the first place. And it can only it can presumably it can only get better from here as well as we start to click and as we start to find the rhythm in this team. So I the the Champions League that we're in just now <laughs> We've had a bit of a hiccup there. Yep. A absolutely ludicrous game of football, which we'll come <laughs> on to later on. And now we've got suspensions going into the next one. So that has become... I don't know, he's not making it easier on no, himself. No. He's not make, I mean, I suppose one thing making it easier, one thing that's happening, the players are starting to pull out some really good performances. And you're looking at like Matt O'Reilly. He must be the be best player in the league at the moment. Oh, on form. He's definitely the best player in the league. He's, we kind of said at the start of the season, you kind of can't help but go back to Brendan Rodgers' first season and compare a wee bit and say can he make Matt O'Reilly the Stuart Armstrong that guy that and he talked about changing his role a wee bit and Matt O'Reilly can see the pitch in front of him now and he's getting into the box now and before he was doing that but getting into dangerous positions and for a change he's putting them away I think Matt O'Reilly has upped his game for a wee bit I think last season his numbers were great everything was great but he didn't have those Matt O'Reilly performances he was brilliant against Rangers at the the 4-0 game but after that, he couldn't really pick out many games that were the Matt O'Reilly game, but now he's just becoming the sort of complete midfielder for Celtic and him, Callum McGregor, and also having Rio Hitati there. Wasn't he great, but just having that creativity, it's a good blend in there. And if Matt O'Reilly's going to chip in with goals now, there's not too much he can add to his game. So it's great to watch him getting into that those positions, especially when you go down to 10 men and you're playing that free in midfield. You need somebody supporting the two strikers and for him to get in that box when Dizamaida somehow manages to miss, if he gets in there and gets into those positions, he'll get any double figures this season. When he got into that position, I thought, clever girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> no, he's been excellent. Absolutely excellent. And he's, I think he's responded really well to Brendan Rodgers coming in. I think he even said that. And a lot of people took that as a dig at Ange Postecoglou. I don't think it's necessarily true that he has said that he preferred, you know, or or rather alluded to the fact that he maybe prefers the methods of the... the that just happens. That, that happens yeah. all the time. And it won't be across the board. There will be certain players. There will be other players who will, will probably have preferred playing under Ange. That, that remains to be 
that means they kind of show itself. But I think O'Reilly has has responded extremely well to Brendan Rodgers' more more personable approach. Maybe he's given him just slight pointers, just very, very simple instructions on getting into the box and picking up the right positions because four goals at this stage of the season's... Well, is it five now? I think it's four because it's he's basically equaled in five games or something like Aye. what his entire tally for, for last season. It took him like 60 games to achieve that. So uh, it's been an incredible start to the season for Matt O'Reilly. I noticed that he's been... He's been touted for a bit of international recognition as well. Yeah. Uh, talk of getting into the senior squad for, for Denmark. So, does he qualify for Scotland? Can we nip in there first? <laughs> Can we possibly nip in there? If he spends enough time in the camp, I'm yeah. not too sure how it works. The, the only conversation I really want to hear about Matt O'Reilly is this new contract. We're, yeah, we're yes, handing yeah. out new contracts left, right and centre this summer. Anthony Ralston just signed a new contract. There's been no talk of Matt, Matt O'Reilly getting tied down to a new contract, but I think he's an extremely important player for us, Melly, and I think it's moves Celtic need to be making. Yeah, I think, well, there has been some wee bits of chat that were in talks with him and Hitati, but it's it's a difficult one because we'd love them love to tie them down, but if those guys are looking sort of beyond Celtic, then does it make sense for them to sign it? Like, I don't know if contracts really make much of a difference ra- apart from Celtic might get a wee bit more money. He could sign a contract now and still leave in January, but it'd be good just to get him and Hatati tied down and then you're looking at the squad going, you know what, everybody is pretty much sorted. It's just about bringing new players in. So I between him and Hatati, if we could get the two of them tied down, business starting to look a bit better this summer I'm, it just sure feels he, quite positive though doesn't it when you when you get a player who signs a new contract it just feels like a boost for nice. the for the yeah it's just nice for the fans I know I know what you mean and how increasingly in modern football they don't really mean an awful lot it, it, I suppose the only way I ever get really get excited about players signing new contracts is if well one if it's a player I like but two that it's sort of safeguards Celtic in the short term about maybe keeping them a wee bit longer well, and it kind the of thing, protects them financially you sort of take the urgency out of it a wee bit like, yeah, yeah. With, but like these guys I know Matt O'Reilly wants to move and I'm sure he does and he's got he's got plans for his career and so does Hattati doesn't need to be next summer though. yeah yeah you know and, and you can you know money talks at the end of the day if Matt O'Reilly's sitting at Celtic and for talking sake he's on 8 grand Celtic go here's a 25 grand a week contract he might sit there and go, do you know what? Actually, I could do another. I could easily do another yeah. year at Celtic. And I think that's. And I think you're right. I think it's important Celtic at least be seen to be trying. Yeah. To to keep to keep their best players about the place. And even in the the cases of some players who have extended recently, there's no reason for Kyogo to sign a new contract really, other than him getting a few extra quid uh, a week. Uh, presumably, presumably he's doing all right out of it now. But it's it just feels like such a a statement of. Maybe not so much intent because these players, as you say, can leave. But it just it feels like, despite the fact there's no urgency to sign a new contract for someone like Kyogo, certainly not for Callum McGregor because I didn't really feel like he was going anywhere anyway, particularly with the return of Brendan Rodgers. It just feels like they've sort of they've sort of nodded to the fans in some yeah. way and said, like, without saying the words, I'm, I'm here for longer than you might have thought. You might have thought that I mean, Kyogo had started sort of tentatively being linked to Bundesliga yeah. moves and stuff like that but it just puts all that to bed for now and we can kind of get on with the season it also just shows look Celtic we've done our bit we tried everything yeah. we can we gave him a new contract when he was playing well we tried to keep hold of him but bigger club well if uh, clubs in bigger Saudi leagues Arabia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if clubs in uh, bigger leagues come calling there's not a lot we can do about that Celtic have offered these guys a platform they've given them that they're playing in the Champions League they're winning titles they're dishing out new contracts when they deserve it after that Celtic can't do much more can they to hold on to players no, they get, they've no, given it these, these new contracts as well spared no expense 
Celtic. Oh, it's another, it's another Jurassic Park reference, <laughs> Melly. He's win. He's win. We don't even rehearse this. It's just going to be, it's going to be absolutely constant. Um, well, Daisy May does performing quite well since he got his new deal. Oh, he was incredible at the weekend. Uh, I was in at the. I mentioned this on the at the match. I was into the game early, and I was uh, behind the goal where just behind where Joe Hart basically gets sent off. I was there, so. Harry Kuehl, God bless him, was working with Dyson Maeda and he was just rolling balls, playing one-twos, passed them down the line for Dyson to cross them. He wasn't crossing them to MD, the two keepers were in the middle, but shelling them wide Is over, he seriously uh, got Dyson Maeda out there practising crossing? <laughs> yeah, left-footed <laughs> left crosses. So well, Kuehl was pretty decent at those himself, to be fair. Aye, but I can see why he does it. I, when I've been up to Celtic uh, at Lennartstown, sorry, Harry Kuehl does a lot of one-to-one work with the guys, but... He's shelling them all the way over the other side or shanking them over the bar. And Should all. we be doing that? Should we be asking Dyson Maida to put in crosses? Should we be asking a professional footballer who plays out wide to cross balls? Just after that. I mean, but I, the reason I bring it up is because what age is he now? You know, if he's not learned by this point, nah, then you're not going to teach him in the next couple of weeks how to cross a ball. Uh, maybe it's just get the bad ones out of the way. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when I seen that, I was like, oh man, this is one of the technically the worst players I've seen. But... <laughs> Watching him in the game, you like, as soon as Celtic go down to ten men, there is not another player you would rather in your team. Like Brendan Rodgers said, it didn't really look like we had ten men with a work rate. And again, where I was sitting when it was coming to the last couple of minutes of the game before he scored, the ball went from centre half to right back for Livingston twice. Maida comes running over from the other centre back and shuts this guy down. He takes a touch and looks up. And Maida's closed it down and it's went out for a shy. Like, can't buy that sort of no. thing. It's unbelievable. You maybe don't see it all the time, but see when you see him doing that time, time, time again, Livingston can't get out and that's with 10 men. So invaluable he was at the weekend uh, against Feyenoord in European games at Ibrox this season. I'd just play him in big games. I wouldn't play him in the big <laughs> games, as, as strange as that is to say, but I struggle with him. Not in a bad way, but because I've not got a reference point for him because I've never seen a player like mm, him. But, uh, oh, incredible work rate and just love him. Absolutely love him. He was another one we thought he was a very Ange-specific player, didn't we? But Brendan's yeah. just getting as much out of him. And uh, Dyson did speak earlier on the season about how he was maybe struggling to adapt to Brendan's right, system. Yeah. We're doing just fine. Yeah, uh, he's been he's been really brilliant recently. And again, I, I do get up that he does have shortcomings going in the, in the final third. Yeah, <laughs> kicking, kicking footballs. But he was the one I was surprised most at that signed a, a new yeah. contract in the summer because I thought, right, well, he's so, so very Ange orientated and that I thought that, that how does how does Brendan Rodgers get the best out of him because he was such a specific tool in that in that sort of arsenal that Ange had. So I, when he signed a new contract, I was really, I was pleasantly surprised with it because I was I didn't expect him to, well, I certainly didn't expect him to commit his long-term future. But he's, he's the one of the strangest players, just one of the strangest players. I don't, I don't like the the prevailing narrative that all he can do is run, though, because I think that's quite reductive. I think it's quite unfair. Because Wait, when I saw him make that finish, part of me did think, is he really just? Has he, has he just found himself on the left wing? Has he ever been a left winger? Have the Celtic coaches even been more preoccupied whether or not? Dyson could play on the left <laughs> rather than whether he should play on the left is, is what I'm asking because I saw that because I saw that finish and I thought is this guy just someone we've just decided to play out there because he's running he's like you've got me doing this all this crossing this has never been my game but give me the ball in the middle and I'll finish it like that Dyson finds a way yeah Dyson finds a way yeah, I, I don't know I, 
from memory, I think he I think he played largely in Japan as a centre forward. Yeah. No, he wasn't a particularly prolific one, but I think he more I've seen him play for Japan in the World Cup as well. He, he gave Germany all sorts of problems yeah. when they played against them. So uh, he's, he's just such a such an odd player. And again, I, I don't I don't like the idea that he's he, all he does is runs uh, is make runs because you have to be. You have to be somewhat intelligent with that as well because you don't want to just tire yourself out running for absolutely no reason. That's that's fairly easy to just play around if you just set up for it. You have to be you have to be sort of selective in your pressing in your, in your runs. And that goal that he scored is not the goal. It's not the finish of a guy who can't play football oh, and exactly. just runs about. He, he does have quality. Yes, he does disappoint on occasion when it comes to his decision making and his and his his delivery his technical composure, ability yeah, his, com- his composure his execution when it comes to the, those key moments but um, I think he's got 20 goals for Celtic now in a uh, season and a bit a season and a half which is maybe what's it to about one in four probably around this point so it's it's not bad but I can't help but wonder like, if, if that guy was he had all of those tools in his arsenal had all the the, the attributes that he brings to the Celtic team plus he was scoring 30 goals a season it, it, it would not be here so I think I think that sometimes making a mess of chances sometimes making a mess of crosses is probably about a fair price to pay for what he brings to it I th- but the thing is when it does it does work for him it is brilliant it does score cracking goals he tends to from <laughs> off the top of my head he only really scores absolutely beautiful finishes or quite ugly scrappy things at the back post where he's kind of falling into the net with mm. it or it's just was there a goal got one else at Livingston another one uh, Livingston. that would just hit off his head was, yeah. was that against Livingston there was that goal was it Easter Road last season yeah. where he just cut in off the left and bent it into the top corner so, he, so he's, he's definitely got it in there but he's been so so important recently just the ability to put Defenders under pressure and just cause chaos among defensive lines is is something that's going to be very very difficult to replicate. If you were to give up on that and just think, well, we can do better, we can get a better player than Dyson. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Public service announcement. Attention all my bearded troops out there from stubble to Maine. If you didn't already know, Manscaped now sells beard products. You heard that correctly. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming changed the game with their Beard Hedger Pro Kit. And now they're going a step further with their brand new Handyman, an electric face shaver for quick and convenient way to achieve a clean-shaven look. Whether you're going to sharpen up your neckline or give your face a smooth finish, the Handyman has got you covered. Go to manscaped.com and use code TIMS for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to go from 5 o'clock shady... Yeah, baby. No one likes a weird beard. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Beard Hedger. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel-size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging, and a strong motor. Your face is your first impression, and your beard is your most important accessory. So make sure you have the right tool for the job with the Beard Hedger. Looking for something, dare I say, smoother? Look no further than Manscaped's new handyman face shaver. Hey, Stephen. Yes, Jamie. You've got a travel size package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code TIMS. Hit the refresh button with Manscaped. So I think it's fair to say that that, that game was down to some good performances, but mostly down to Brendan Rogers. It's tactical changes, managing the game professionally. But I don't think a tactic, Brendan's intervention. And the tactics was important, but his intervention saving that young fan oh. from the evil clutches of the child snatchers <laughs> at Livingston was Aye. here. Look, I'm not saying Brendan Rogers saw a moment there, you know. <laughs> he's seen the disquiet, he's, he knows he's not got all the fans on stage. Did he hear the Baywatch music <laughs> in his head as he was running towards that fan? Yeah. I think he I think he might have done. Uh, Brendan putting the PR in Brendan Rogers. <laughs> so, aye, um, aye, it's, I think he saw the opportunity, rescued someone, handed them back to the fans. It was even the wee wave. He gave the wave to the fans as he was off saying, well, my job here is done. <laughs> Pretty, <laughs> aye, all good stuff. I mean, look, I just I have a problem with the, the framing of it. So this wee guy jumps on the pitch, evades security in order to meet his heroes, and that's all cute and out of passion. I do it. There's the exact same, exact same thing. You meet Salma Hayek, and that's out of order. That's, I get a night in the no, cell. There's, there's, there's a sorry. reference there. I'm the people watching this Google Salma Hayek. <laughs> Rob McLean. <laughs> I don't know why I go too young. It's unseemly for a man my age. So I went for a woman older than me. But, uh, aye, so I do it, and I end up in the cells. PC gone mad. Stop sending <laughs> your kids on the pitch, though. Um, no, for sure. Um, Martin Melly, Brendan Rogers was in the news again, not just for rescuing kids. Um, but for having a wee dig supposedly at the Celtic transfer window they, he was asked if he was content with Celtic transfer business he said no uh, and then an argument ensued where he said no one's ever content managers never really content yes I am content I'm happy with the squad couldn't quite make his mind up but I think all of us sitting in this room here are pretty certain that the manager's probably not as content as he could be to be fair to Brendan uh, about the transfer business No and look we've seen that with the Champions League squad didn't we one left back in there Yeah uh, I know the homegrown rule really holds us back, doesn't it? And the amount of centre-backs we needed. Doesn't hold Tony Ralston back. Doesn't hold <laughs> his bank balance back, as <laughs> much. Sure. Having uh, Jamesy and uh, Mickey Johnson <laughs> are rolling in it. But I think with that, seeing guys like Burnaby 
you're like, we needed a left back, didn't we? Joe Hart, I don't know if Brendan Rodgers wanted another goalkeeper because we weren't really linked with too much, but in an ideal world, I think we'd have got one and possibly another striker. So I, we kind of get sucked into this. Oh, it was going to be a, a new strategy for Celtic when Brendan Rodgers came in. We are going to push the boat out a bit, but that didn't happen. And look, I can live with that. That's fine if Celtic want to continue in that model, but don't leave your squad short. Yeah. Well, Squad's not short, certain positions are short, certain positions are beyond bloated, so the squad's very imbalanced again, and that's with us bringing a load of players, I don't and see And I think last we week's fixtures that. have shown that up a wee bit, haven't they? Yeah, last week, you're really looking at it, and I think we talked about it last time, if you're looking at Celtic's best 11, or do we maybe say Palmer comes in, and one of the centre-halves come in, they're just replacing Jota and Starfield, so looking at the rest of the team have we really brought MDLs in that goes straight into the team time will tell but it doesn't look like it right now that being said maybe in some positions like midfield and out wide we do have better options underneath that but I don't think Brendan Rodgers would have been happy there's no way you're telling me there's not a left back out there that's better than Burnaby because we're looking for better than Greg Taylor but Maybe that might be harder for being generous, but there's no way there's not a better one than Greg I mean, the, the squad uh, photo. Burnaby, sorry. The squad photo was taken today. James McCarthy wasn't even in it, <laughs> which is really. I don't know if he's got COVID or he's off sick. It seems like the sort of thing, though. These squad photos are the kind of um, the kind of like held in quite regard, high regard sometimes in like football. Quite traditional, circle. isn't it? Yeah, yeah that used to be this late, did they? No, I don't think so. That's what they wanted to get in the transfer window, by the way. But there's guys, so James McCarthy's not even in the squad. We don't even really need to say any more beyond that. Then the B team played midweek and you had like Tilio who's come back from injury. Quan was in there. I've got the list here. Kobayashi was in there. Mikey Johnson was in the B team. And, you, and then there's guys like Bernardo. How does mm. he fit in? And then Iwata came on against Livingston. And I suppose we fully expect Iwata to play centre-half against Lazio. How it's panned out. Mm, yeah, Aye, it's, it's very difficult. I mean, we'll come on to the Champions League. centre-half thing just game. desperately unlucky. But I'm just Aye, talking that's... about the overall nature of the squad. I don't think Brendan's, to reframe it back to make it more current in the last week, I don't think Brendan's comments, the initial comments about not being content, I think he was probably being quite honest there. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of people are are very keen to sort of defend the, the position. I think, well, us included, we're all bored about talking about the, the transfer window now because we're, we're a few weeks on from it and we just need to sort of deal with it. But it's only when it's only when consequences arrive that you kind of look back now. And, and we've not, I wouldn't blame the final game on a, a poor transfer window. And I don't even think it was necessarily a poor transfer window. I just feel like it was a... It was unfocused. I, mean, yeah. I think it was a little bit strange. And uh, there's just no convincing me that didn't try to sign a left back. We've just failed. I think. I think we've tried and failed to sign a left back because there are no there are no excuses to go into a Champions League group registration with one left back. Liam Scales is there, can fill in. But where was he six weeks ago? There's no there's no way they've planned for that. There's no way they've come into this season and thought Liam Scales can cover a multitude of positions. They would have been trying to get shot of him to Aberdeen yeah. a month ago. I'm pretty yeah. sure of it. He's he's done well. Don't get me wrong, but that doesn't change the fact that. A few weeks ago, he was probably surplus to requirements. Injuries have have brought him back into the team, so I I, th- I don't want to drag us back fully into that. But the Brendan Rodgers chat about it, I think a lot of people were keen to sort of just dismiss it and say, "Well, all managers say that. All managers say they're unhappy with the the transfer or the business done." But I don't know if that's necessarily true because I remember us being frustrated in the past with I, d- I don't know which manager, just in general, going coming out of a window and thinking. 
Aye, but that ex-manager has said he's happy with the squad, but they always say that, don't they? They always just sort of say, oh, oh but yeah, it would have been nice to add another couple of additions in there, but I'm happy with what that I've got. We'll, go, from we'll go forward. Yeah, sometimes it's a, are you happy with the, the business? And yes, but it's not. It's generally not a no, but <laughs> so those two things and then are quite different. Back, back, put uh, the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah, after so, the fact. So, so those two things are slightly different. But we just need to go on with it now. I mean, we just need to sort of live with it. We've not. We've not got the required players in, in my opinion, and certainly in, in certain positions. The left back thing is just no good enough. And we are perilously close to turning up to Champions League games with the likes of like Scott Bain. And if we can't play Burnaby, I nearly said Burnaby at left back, so he's not even valid. So it would be, it would be like Bain and Scales at left back, Lagerbjoka in my. He's suspended now. I mean, this is the, this is the, Brendan Rogers probably sitting over his dinner having the same conversation. He's probably having the same conversations. I mean, how did you, how did you think the the Feyenoord game went? I, I, I've got to be honest. I was sat here a couple of weeks ago. Liam Scales was still at the club, and I was sort of taking the piss out of him. I says the guy's not good enough to beat Celtic. I'm, I'm rolling back in that a wee bit. Not much. No, I'm not rolling hugely up back on it. I'm not saying he should be starting games and, you know, just because he's played well, it's his shirt now and Cameron Carter-Vickers has to come and win it back. <laughs> Prove which yourself. Is, which is, you know, that's not the way it works. But what I will say is Liam Scales has shown in the last couple of weeks, to me anyway, that he's more than good enough to be, in, be at the club. He can fill in in the league, no problem. He can fill in if he needs to against Feyenoord. He's not brilliant. But the boy is putting his life and body on the line for Celtic. And God knows we've had plenty of players who have not even done anywhere near as close to that. And I know people will be listening to this. That doesn't make you a good player just because you're out there trying your heart out. Sticking his head in the most dangerous places. He's willing to get that thing kicked clean right off. <laughs> and, I, and I respect that. I respect that from the guy. So I, I was to say he had no place at the club and he shouldn't be at the club. I was probably wrong there. He has got a place at the club. It just so happens it's quite far down the pecking order. But I, I just think... We were desperately unlucky in that that Feyenoord game. I thought we held our own for the for the first you know half. The, the free kick, Melly, we can talk about it. I don't know what Joe Hart was thinking with his wall set up. I don't know what the wall was thinking. An odd thing in the game, trying to blame Kyogo for turning it away. I'm not really sure how much of a part that played. And then it just all went to shit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with all that with Liam Scales. Uh, I think he's shown now that he is all right, isn't he? But when the Vrotsky, Carter Vickers come back, I expect them to overtake them. I'd probably even say Welsh and Lager Belka will overtake them and later down the line, uh, he'll, does this squad will move past him like uh, the sort of Andrew squad move past guys like Turnbow and all that. And Scales. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before Scales even started, but uh, he's been good recently. Uh, long term, I don't think he'll be good enough for Celtic. I still hold that view, but I think I'll slightly disagree on your term when you said Celtic were unlucky. I think Celtic were masters of their own downfall again. The free kick at that point in the game is criminal to give away. The Joe Hart can shout at Kyogo all he wants, but for me, Joe Hart sets up the ball, so he's told him to be there. Uh, Kyogo being there makes no sense to me whatsoever. He's the slightest guy in the team, he's the smallest guy in the team, and that is where the most likely where uh, Stengs is going to put the ball. So to have a small guy there, I thought his wall was far too over to the right, so he had two tall guys. Over at the right-hand side where there's no chance the ball's going to go and he's slow in getting over to it as well. The ball is 30 yards out. It is not smashed or curled right into the top bin or anything like that. It bounces in front of him. I think it's, it's terrible and it's on Joe Hart for me. From the moment the free kick was given, he got his wall wrong, he got his angles wrong, he got his feet wrong and Celtic... Look, I think in the first half, again, uh, showing Brendan Rodgers, 
we were pretty comfortable. Ah, you're going to give up chances in these games, but Celtic looked like they were in the game. They were keeping the ball well. I still think we lack a bit of quality out wide, somebody that can take on a man. But with what we've got, I thought we were good in the game. I thought we could have maybe got something in it if we had got the half-time drawn. But to lose that goal right before half-time, after that, I just couldn't see Celtic winning it because I didn't think we had it in us to score two goals. And then the second half was just utter nonsense of the highest Champions <laughs> well, League degree, on it? Well, this is what I mean. I, I thought Celtic, I thought, before we get the man set off, even though we were 1-0 down, I thought, cool, you'll go get a chance. And if the chances fall to him, you think, right, mm-hmm. that you, you might stick one in the back of the net. He's a pretty, pretty reliable finisher when you make good chances for him. When I said Celtic were unlucky, I suppose what I meant was, Stephen, I thought Lagerbielka was desperately unlucky to get sent off for that. Uh, yeah, for that particular incident, I th- though I thought there was a growing feeling. I was I started getting messages in various group chats saying, we are going to get a man sent off here. Before it happened, we're going I to get a man sent that, wait, off. Wait, is that the group? Have you got a group chat without me? <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you <laughs> it's not a group chat, it's just a pity. <laughs> I'm sending messages to myself. <laughs> saying, Text each other uh, at the game. Uh, 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 there was a, a growing feeling, I thought, out there that someone was going to get sent off and everyone was replying saying, lager be okay, minute. Mm. So he had been booked from memory, I think he, he got away with a bit of a shove on someone, like a kind of blatant push before that happened. And then I think the, the penalty decision was it's one of those sort of typical he's given the referee a decision to make things I right. I just feel like that's something defenders always do. They just always put their hand out. See, to see, be honest, at any level, you probably do that, even uh-huh. if it's like just playing fives. Yeah. If, if it feels like someone's going to steal in behind you, you probably balance yourself out and put, a, put an arm out there to try and block it off. It, it, it does happen. Brendan Rodgers was quite honest after the game and said they shouldn't have done it because the ball was going through to Joe Hart anyway. Yeah. There wasn't really as much danger as Lagerbielka possibly perceived. So it's just a, a little bit of naivety, a little bit of inexperience from him again. I think, and he's he's been brutally punished at the very highest level because that's exactly what happens yes. at that level. Yeah. It happens all the time, particularly to Celtic. Although we're obviously acutely aware of that. This is where happen. Celtic are stuck, isn't they? Yeah, to yeah. go and get a Champions League level player. Like- we can't shop in that market. Uh, and then we, we, see we can't register them either because we need, <laughs> we need to have given contracts to absolute mediocrity to fill out quotas. <laughs> this mad quota. <laughs> uh, but I just think... one. So take take that in isolation, right? I think the Feyenoord attacker threw himself to the ground there. And I thought there was a lot of that from Feyenoord. I thought they were yeah. hitting the deck and looking for stuff. The problem is, I think we've got... We don't do that. Celtic don't do that. And I'm not saying Celtic don't do it because we're too good to do it. I'm just saying domestically, we hardly ever have to do it. There's no requirement for us to dive and there's no requirement for us to try and win free kicks in that way. So to just turn that attitude on for six games during the Champions League or in Europe, you're never going to get it. So it's kind of knowing our football and DNA, but we fall foul of it so much. It's a cultural thing as well, isn't it? Because... We we would... I mean, Rangers do it, right? (laughs) Rangers do it, but... I've never really seen Celtic. The odd player might come in and he'll do that, but he, round, he usually gets booed. He usually gets trained out. Aye, see, that's that's that was going to be my point. It's like, I don't even know if it's a it's like it's a club to club thing. I think there's even I can't think of any examples, but we have had players. In fact, oh, oh, quite recently when all started mm. playing in the team, he was going down quite easily. But it's we don't look at that as in a kind of oh that's that's good. He's he's got those sort of dark arts for the mm. we'll need that in the Champions League. We tend to poor scorn on that pretty but it's not something culturally in football we like to see in this country. And I know I know that there's, there's often debates about how, you know, in on the continent it's just part of the game. But for whatever reason in the in the kind of British leagues, kind of British Isles, we don't really like it. The media, Some gentlemanly, always, Stephen. Yes, yeah, it, it is. It's, 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 it's un, <laughs> unseemly. Yeah. Shit is unseemly, man. So 
it is something well, to come no, up. I just want to be clear. I'm not saying that's why Celtic lost. It was no, just no, an no. observation I had during the game, which I thought contributed to the unluckiness yeah. of Lagabielka. Yeah, just that incident. That incident yeah. is just something he's he's going to need to learn from and gain experience from because it can't. You know, if that happens once. Please don't let it happen again because we can't. We just don't get away with them at that level at all. The game itself, I thought, um, I wasn't impressed with Feyenoord, and I don't say that out of any sort of like arrogance or anything. But you go into European games over many, many years, and even the years we've been doing doing this podcast, you go in with a little bit of a certain element of confidence, depending on who the opposition are. Even if it's a big team, you think, oh, do you know what? We could we could maybe give him a wee black eye because even going into games like Valencia a, a few years ago when Brendan Rodgers was was still here. You go in thinking, well, we could maybe do something here, and then you find out, oh, maybe not. They are mm. much better than us. We didn't lay a glove on them. Even like Copenhagen, you think going into that, we could definitely beat them. And then you come away thinking, well, probably not. We're not ready for this level. But I didn't feel that against no. Feyenoord. I no, didn't no, feel like I... they were all that dangerous. I didn't feel like there was much. In... They're good. They're a good team. They're clearly, they're the Dutch champions. They're there for a reason. But I wasn't blown away by them. And I thought that Celtic contributed that by making it hard for them mm. but doing all the things we spoke about earlier that uh, Dyson Maider making it difficult for him he's a chaotician yeah it's from Jurassic like Park it. Oh, it? <laughs> <laughs> <Done> us again <laughs> <man>. <laughs> so I thought I thought Celtic did make it very difficult for them in the first half and then it, as you say it just all went to shit and became an absolutely absurd game after the, <laughs> the sendings off and you think, uh, you think the home send off was fair enough I thought it was silly for the boy yeah uh, I I sympathise with him a little bit because if you watch it back, it looks terrible in slow motion because it's the whole you know studs directly into the shin thing. But if you watch it back, his foot goes down at first and then pops back up right at the last second, which makes it look terrible. I mean, it's a it's a straight red every day of the week, mm. all day long. But I did have sympathy that in that I don't think it was I don't think it was full of malice. It wasn't uh. like an intent. He just got him. He got his foot in a weird position and just went through the guy's shin. So again. It's just naivety, just naivety. I mean, that happens. Merely, I know we were talking in the, the post-match, by the way, I forgot to mention patreon.com slash 20-minute Tims if you want post- and pre-match for Champions League away games and post-match podcasts for every single Celtic game. You can get it at patreon.com as well as extra videos and writing and all that good stuff. Um, I thought that's a tackle you probably don't even really need to make at home at Celtic Park in the in domestic league. That's just one of these freak events that you do that you see Celtic some Celtic player make in an away European game. You never see that at home for Celtic. That's just one of these Celtic doing away a Celtic doing <laughs> yeah. things in European games that Celtic do. Yeah, like Steve said, I don't think there was any malice in it, but again, it's one of those ones you don't need to make that challenge there if the ball's going past you. Just get yourself into the game. Celtic were doing their classic shooting themselves in the foot in Europe. Like the, well, as soon as home gets sent off as well, concede from the, the the free kick and it wasn't even a good delivery. They just passed it straight through and go in. So I, I thought that the goal did get disallowed, but I just thought Celtic were, we're going to try all the nonsense tonight and home <laughs> was part of that. It, down to 10 men was going to be difficult enough. Lagabelka, Celtic sort of switched it about. And then a couple of minutes later for home, he put his team in that position. I don't mean it's unforgivable for him as a player, but it's unforgivable at that level. Celtic are then not going to win that game. It's just damage limitation from there. And look, that could have easily ended up 4-5-6 if uh, Feyenoord had turned it on, if they had scored straight from that free kick and it wasn't uh, just offside. So I think home put us in a, a very bad position when you get into that. You have to be more savvy and more streetwise. And this is this cycle Celtic go through a lot of the players last season 
now experienced the Champions League and we think, right, next year they'll have learned from that, they'll go into it. Two of our new signings in the summer who have no Champions League experiences are the ones that are sent off and really put Celtic yeah. on the back foot. This is just going to be constant for Celtic because after they learn, the guys that had already learned the previous year, some of them might go. So it's just going to be the way it is for Celtic coming into these games. We're never going to get ready for these games in any way unless we are competing in it every year. And even then you maybe get six games, but maybe next season if we can get into it, have eight games and then be able to compete a bit more. Think it will be better, but home. Are you but, writing this? Are you so you're writing this season's Champions League off already? Oh no, no, I've just been for guys like that. Like mm. that's like uh, the two of them suspended for an hour game, and then by the time that comes around, you, so you're saying it's not going to pass them by a wee bit. But by the time they get up to speed, the tournament's over. Possibly, I don't see the two of them playing much if all our players are back in that. Uh, so it's going to be a big learning curve for them, but. But really put the rest of the team on the back foot then, didn't we? made substitutions to try and change it and then you're, you're looking at what we're doing, 4-3-1. Mm. There's just nothing you can really do with nine men apart from pray that we don't score because all Feyenoord <sighs> do is pop it out wide, a full-back overload and they've got a constant overload on us. So Celtic done well keeping the score down and again, no pride because I don't want to say a losing 2-0 was good but a lot of teams could have, again, just completely folded there. And if it ended up four, five, six, you could say, oh, we're down to nine men. Mm. It's just another European beating. But this team are, are a bit tougher than that. And they, they stuck to it and came away with it. They still tried their hardest. Could have thrown in the towel, but didn't. And those guys, look, they'll learn from it. That's mm. They're learning the hard way and Celtic will learn the hard way. But again, it's another one you look at for 45 minutes because the goal came at like the 47th minute. Celtic were fine yeah. and then we end up with a 2-0 a cheap free kick and then two guys sent off and you've got no chance in the Champions League well that was the thing but it was 11 v 11 for me Stephen Celtic held their own in what we all yeah. thought was going to be a really really tricky game that's probably the most difficult game we'll get in the group Well, that's how the pots have decided it will yeah. be so I, I, I was encouraged somewhat by by the, the Celtic performance. As Melly said, once you go down to 10 men, you've almost no chance. Once you go down to nine men, it's basically game over. You're losing the game and that's the end of it. Yeah. It's going to take something special to come back for that. And, you know, it's a one in a million type thing. But uh, having watched the game, I thought to myself, you know, Celtic might, we might do something in this group. I think there's a couple of games coming up but we will probably, I mean, we've got Lazio at home, that's the next game, isn't it? In disarray, but they'll probably sack the manager before yeah. we get there. <laughs> and they'll, they'll get their stuff together. I think there's a couple of games, I think it's important we pick up points, and I think there's a couple of games we can do that, and I'm not as discouraged for this group as I was when the, the pots were drawn. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree, but the, the trouble is we're dealing with certain realities now. Now, we're one game down, which was a complete nonsense, and we, th we think, right, we'll just package that off, we'll just sort of write it off, and we can learn from that and move forward, but... I remember last season thinking, right, well, next game we can do this. And all of a sudden you find yourself five games deep in the group and you've not really achieved what you wanted to, or what you set out to achieve. I worry about this group getting away from us now because it could be four games in before we start to cobble some sort of strong team together. Yeah. We're now severely weakened as a result of these suspensions. So unfortunately, these games don't exist in a vacuum on their own and we, we can just sort of cobble 
re reset and mm. go into the next one. We're carrying suspensions on an already severely depleted defence. Lagerbjelk is suspended. So is Holm, who probably wouldn't have started the game yeah. anyway. So are we going to be playing Lazio with the Wata and Scales? Like pray Nat Phillips's at the back. Right. Nat Phillips, who I forgot existed, right? So, <laughs> yeah. he can, so, so yeah. that's on you. Yeah. So he's right. he's a guy we brought in for this exact situation, for this exact scenario, and he's not been available for any of it. So the emergency loan. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the worst emergency loan of all time. So, or best case scenario, we could be throwing Nat Phillips in there exactly how we did in the last game against Dundee. He doesn't last the game, gets hooked off at half time and is, isn't seen again. So we're dealing with a guy who's played very little football in years now. Is he going to be the saviour? No, I'm not writing this group off. I just worry that what we might do is find ourselves sort of lurching from one nearly to the next. And that final was a sort of a nearly, but then it just fell apart in the second I half. I, I, I think oh. the because of the the makeup of the group, I don't see think we're going to see a runaway winner. I think mm. maybe if like, a draw as well in the other game, so I yeah, out. the the goalkeeper uh, Steven Celtic, eh? So I think with that being a draw, Atletico Madrid, I think will be the best team in the group. But I can see. Five points maybe being enough to keep us in Europe beyond that, but also in saying that if you're in if you're in fine, all the get three of them. So Celtic need to pick up points, and they need to do it probably quickly. We need probably a victory in our next game, or need to beat the team that's in disarray. Lazio have had a terrible start to the season. That and Feyenoord, you need to target six points, and then maybe try and find another two points somewhere. Well. I mean, it's all eyes in the home games, isn't it? I mean, that's that's uh, yeah. You've got to win your home games. It's something you don't really hear in Europe anymore. Ever. <laughs> that was wheeled out so often. You need to win your home games. That doesn't really work out like that anymore. But we we got to win have your like, home games. Draw your away. Twelve points. Easy. Easy. <laughs> Just won your home games all the way through at the final. <laughs> you, I, all eyes on the next Lazio game. That's where we need to pick things up. I agree with you're saying, Stephen. It's it's going to be difficult. See, uh, the, the def- it's the defensive stuff. Everyone else is fine. There's people in midfield that can fill in. Uh, Palmer needs to get up to speed I think he needs mm, to get yeah. some game time for him a bad being injured that doesn't really help is there's a, there's a few wee issues around the pitch I think the centre half is the big issue need to get Nat Phillips back need to get the other two back up to speed as quickly yeah. as possible if that's even doable um, and we'll see where we go for there yeah Navrotsky's no, he's not in the squad no, either as well no. so he's, he's not a, he's course, not even God, a possibility so I, keep, I keep forgetting about these we keep Aye. talking oh but if we could maybe do this then we forget somebody's suspended somebody's not even registered for it so I'm not looking at it Again, I'm not I'm I'm not writing the group off, I'm, but I'm trying not to look at it as a right Celtic versus Lazio beat them home and away four years ago or whatever mm. it was three years ago, um, and well, I'm just looking at I've the got names. Worse manager, Charles, I, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just looking at the names. What I'm I can't get away from, unfortunately, is the fact that it's Celtic without a defence. Yeah. it's just we're I already worried about going into this group without the use of Cameron Carter Vickers for potentially three, maybe even four games. And before we know it, we're struggling to keep up because we're just missing one of our, arguably our most important, def- or definitely our most important defender, arguably most important player. So that situation is still ongoing, but now it's got worse because yeah. we've got suspension. So I'm, I, I felt, I came away from that game thinking, we mixed emotions because I thought, right, we could have won that. Well, maybe not won, maybe could have done better yes. had it not gone to shit in the second half I wasn't impressed with Feyenoord but now we're, we're carrying significant it's, damage from it it's going to be tough Yeah, it's, it's going to yeah. be tricky the Champions League's never easy but I, I don't think it's going to be a complete disaster I'm not saying you are saying that but I just think there's so much football to be played in this group and you know what that, that 2-0 
Feyenoord might be ruined that a wee bit because yeah. you know goal difference and even stuff like head to head they probably wish that they scored another couple of goals in there and made that really comfortable for themselves and I think as we I think we can all take it's kind of like that, that second half doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that, that bit doesn't count what, what counts is when it's 11 v 11 we'll go back to 11 v 11 yes. and then we'll see where we are there and we've got a couple of games left to go in the Champions League we've got a point if if you were to cut the games off yes. when both teams were at 11 we've got a point in sort of Steven Gerrard terms of from, from years ago well, that, uh, well they're, they're assistant managers we'll, we'll right there we'll beat 1-0 at half time were we it's okay I tried it's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's okay they're assistant managers out right now talking about how they beat PSV Did you see that <laughs> the latest we beat PSV <laughs> see um, if, if I was to look at this in a positive way at all yeah let's end on a positive Stephen over to you Lazio are, are in disarray so they're probably thinking along the same lines we need to go to Celtic Park they're busy reading memes about how Lionel Messi once described that as one of the one of the best uh, atmospheres in world football Javi all Barcelona players just saying about how terrible how difficult a place it is to go so they're all reading that they're all getting getting in their own heads a wee bit so they're in they're disarray they're the game for a couple of years ago yeah, as well yeah yeah Fraser Foster sadly not no longer mm. with us he's still alive <laughs> right now, but he's, he's not at the club anymore but that's 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 the one sort of positive takeaway is that Lazio aren't in a good spot either and they're going to a difficult away fixture. Yes. I'm trying to look at it from outside the sort of Celtic bubble. They're going to a difficult away fixture in the Champions League, not in the best of places. Celtic aren't either, but maybe maybe just on this day, Lazio are in a, a worse spot than we are in terms of preparation for it because I, I just I, I worry about the defence. That, that's I, I struggle to get away from that. It'll be fine. <laughs> and we'll be there Celtic via Lazio on the Beer Match and a Match Reaction podcast on patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tim support us and we'll see you next week